This week on This Week in Blurred's Ball. We have a schedule for now. Finally, a new name. Stuff. We have it. Would you like to talk about it? We, we've got some. Hand me the Bectionary. No, the Rhyming Bectionary. Welcome to This Week in Blurns Ball, where I can wire anything into anything. I'm the professor. See, I knew you'd get a rise out of that one. This is why we discuss these things in pre-production. Or oh, don't discuss them. Pre-production? What's that? <laughs> Someday we'll figure it out. I'm your co-host, Ben Bloom. With me, as always, is Jacob Morris. And for the first time in a long, long ever we can actually talk about the Major League Baseball regular season schedule. I know. 60 whole games that they expect us to take seriously and think will be played. <laughs> because this is absolutely happening. There's not any underlying unforeseen circumstances that would absolutely cancel a season in mid-August. No, absolutely no reason whatsoever. It's totally safe now, especially with those states where like four teams play that aren't having any sort of issue with some sort of major worldwide pandemic. No, 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 asterisk. Yes, of course. Uh, but I, I love that they made a huge thing. It was an hour-long special on MLB Network brought to you by Camping World, revealing the schedule that is never going to happen. And we watched every second of that special. Damn straight we did, because we are suckers <laughs> for MLB. Absolutely we are, and I'm telling you, even the part where they were talking about the new Central Division, not the AL Central, not the NL Central, the Central Combined, and just hearing Harold Reynolds be like, these are hitters' ballparks. Like, what are you, what are you I, talking about, I don't about even know Harold? what he, How does he know what a hitters' ballpark is, first <laughs> of all? That's for sure. <laughs> but even just nonsense baseball talk is what I missed. And... There was plenty of nonsense baseball talk to go around. But most importantly, we have a schedule. We know when our respective favorite teams are playing, who they end the season with. The Red Sox ending the season against the Atlanta Braves is weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wrong. Um, so what I find really weird is the Jays don't play the Yankees at all until September, and then it's ten games in September. Seven at home, three at Yankee Stadium. I always kind of imagined that it would be a more even divide, but what do I know? But, I mean, here's hoping you guys knock each other out and make it easier for us. So... 
things that I have realized as we've been podcasting. Yes. If the Jays do end up playing in Toronto, there is a way that fans can go to the games in Toronto. Wait, what? (laughs) See, there's this hotel that's attached to the dome in Toronto. And it has. Isn't it under lockdown? You could still book rooms in it. Oh my god. (laughs) You could book a dome facing room during the season schedule. So, if they end up playing in Toronto, do you want to go see the Jays play the Red Sox? A thousand percent yes, except for the fact that I don't want to walk into a pandemic bubble. Eh, that's what masks are for. Sure, masks and gloves to cover our human claws. Exactly, my very human claws. Whoop, 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 whoop. So, just looking at the schedule, and if my schedule is accurate, yeah, that would be August 25, 26, 27. Why not all of them? Uh, no, that would be wow. incredibly expensive. <laughs> a three-day stay at the Marriott Renaissance dome facing. Yeah, uh, I could see that being. I could see that being fun. I could. Would also, we also have like the audio? <laughs> yeah, you could pipe in the audio. So of course we'd then have to quarantine from our loved ones for like the next month afterwards. No, but yeah, let's do it. We quarantine with our loved ones. Well, what if we just went into the hotel room and quarantined within the hotel room for the duration of the game? No in, no out, no room service, no nothing. It would be just how, like going to a patio. How do we get our hot dogs? <laughs> We bring our own hot dogs. Yes. Okay, that, that that was all I was concerned about, really. I mean, you know, serious grave health risks notwithstanding, I, I, I just need tubular-shaped concessions. I like how on the Jays schedule, because it's still built on the same template, they have the little link for buy tickets. Uh, and then if you <laughs> click on it, it just takes you to the sad page that says you cannot buy tickets. But knowing Rogers, they'll make sure to give you that option to buy something. <laughs> oh yes, of course. So, uh, so uh, according but... to um, according to Jays reporters, the Jays have the third hardest strength of schedule in the league, based on last year's uh, win percentage of opponents. Because of course they do. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean. Like, who do the Jays that, open up against? The Jays open up against, not the Nationals. Uh, damn it, I just had the schedule open. <laughs> this is what I get for closing things. Open. Ta-da! Da-da-da-da-da-da. It's loading. Uh, <laughs> they have the Nationals early on, but they open up against the Rays. Alright, so that'll be... In in Tampa. In Tampa. In Pandemic Central. Well, that'll be fun for them. Yeah. <laughs> All that effort to get up here, just go back down there. Yep. 
And then potentially, they also have one of the longest travel schedules, assuming that they play in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It'll be a rough season for them, but who the hell knows what's going to happen, because let's be honest, they're going to play, what, 20 games and the whole thing gets shut down again? Yeah, by 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 mid-August, like, the, this... Even, like, what we're seeing now from, you know, teams shutting down training facilities, like, players complaining about not getting personal protective equipment like it was promised. Yeah, it there's, is not There's good. a lot of issues. There are, and you'd think that they would pick a lab that doesn't give you the long weekend off if it's that important. Yeah, like a Canadian lab, you know... Because we don't have Independence Day. And you know what else we don't have? Cases of COVID. Oh yeah, that too. So <laughs> why not just have a bubble in Canada? There's a way they could do it. I don't think Canada wants it. Well, we wanted hockey. Yeah, again, I can't speak to the demands of this country, like... I mean, I, I still think that BC did the uh, smart thing by, uh, you know, keeping pro sports out. Yeah, BC definitely did the smart thing there. Uh, now, I'm willing to say this. The NHL is being the smartest of any of the leagues in how they're conducting their restart. That they have the 100-plus page quarantine protocol, that it's being conducted in places where there isn't a massive outbreak, that it's being conducted within secure bubbles, uh, that they're doing it the smart way. Uh, the NBA would be second because it's still at least a secured bubble, and the MLS, man, oh man, wow. they, they really oh screwed God. the pooch. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. a team had to drop out. But they weren't in secured bubbles before they went to the bubble. What did you expect? It's it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Um, also, the fact that it wasn't even the team saying, yeah, we feel bad about it. It was, like, the league saying, you fucked up. Don't come and play. Ten Just, like, players. every day of recess. Ten players. How do you get ten guys infected? Well, I mean, it's like it's like a Ponzi scheme. One guy infects another guy, infects two guys, infects ten guys. Remember, in, in soccer, their celebrations involve a lot of hugging. Yes, that is true. Man, it will be weird to see baseball without butt slaps and high fives. And elaborate handshakes. Oh, I'm going to miss elaborate handshakes. Oh, man. But, again, like, look back at the Bash Brothers. They did it right with the flex arm elbow bump. Even that's not allowed anymore. <laughs> but they were showing us appropriate social distancing. Ooh, yes. maybe maybe we'll get the foot kick. Oh, uh, the kid in play. The kid in play, <laughs> yeah. I almost fell off my chair doing the kid in play. <laughs> that would not be good podcasting. No, it would not. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, do you think that there's going to be a situation like that in baseball where a team is told you you haven't handled it properly, you're out? Well, what we've seen so far has actually been promising 
surprisingly, where they released the initial testing results, and it was something like 1.7% of all tests were positive. Uh, that's significantly better than the rest of the population. Uh, if it holds up and they really do clamp down on their security, I think that they could be okay with doing this. That said, how well are they going to secure themselves? Yeah, I have my doubts about all of it. And to that point, for every player I see, you know, decide to withdraw, it's like, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's, it's like we have we had Felix Hernandez decide to withdraw. David Price choosing not to play this season. Yeah, it, it, Mike Trout like grounding the bases in an N95 was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, the big one this week for me was Freddie Freeman got it. Yeah, holy uh, shit. He was fine on Tuesday, and Thursday he had the worst flu of his life, and it turns out he was positive. And, like, that really tells you how bad it is. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, it gets you that fast, and it can put you down that fast. Like, Freddie Freeman will not be playing this season. I can I can pretty definitively say that now. I mean, and Freddie Freeman's a guy who, for years, has been one of the more, like, safety-conscious players. Like, you'll see he always wears long sleeves even during Atlanta day games because of concerns over skin cancer because I believe his mother uh, died from skin cancer. So he's, he's one of like, he's like one of the more prominent like people who's like concerned about like personal safety at this point. It's like, yeah, I would not expect him to play either. No, I would not either. Uh, but we did have a really cool UniWatch adjacent segment come up this week where teams were handing out personalized face masks. So we yes. first saw it with the Diamondbacks where they had the team logo on one side of the mask and the player number on the other side of the mask. That was really cool. Again, all of this like personal protective equipment, uh, masks, face shields... You could probably even get into like like uh, gloves if you wanted to. Huge money making opportunity that they should give to charity. They should give it to charity, but it's still like you're printing money. Fans will be like, "Oh yeah, like if I if it, if it's a fun mask, I'll wear it." Yeah, I'd buy that. Uh, yeah, the Jays had them and they sold out of them too fast for me to buy that. Uh. And it looks cool, and I get to wear it around and support my team. Like, it's the same that I wear my Jays hat around everywhere. I get to show off my support. Exactly. And, yeah, you see, like, even, like, uh, Anthony Fauci, like, the the American top, like, science guy, which is his official title, wearing a Washington Nationals mask testifying to Congress. Like, yeah. There's an opportunity here. And speaking of team logos and names... Oh, good transition, but... Nee, uh, at least it long looks... Long overdue. Oh, so long overdue. So thankfully, last season, they dropped Chief Wahoo. But it really looks like Cleveland is finally going to change their name. And it's about Here's the damn thing. time. It is about damn time. How did they... How, like, I cringe to say the name Chief Wahoo just because it's, 
even the even that name is enough to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tell a story here. Uh, it was the 2016 ALCS, and I was waiting in line to get into the dome prior to game three, and there was a guy who walked by me in full red face. Jeez. Uh, red fit, painted red, headdress, and I called him out. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's not appropriate. And he was like, what do you mean I'm supporting my team? And I was like, that's a caricature. Like, it's your, your name's not even okay. Well, what do you mean? It's it's the appropriate term. It's like, okay, you're dressed up like a cartoon character. We actually ended up having a fairly decent discussion. But, like... <laughs> It's even even if we give them because in the United States in Canada it is not the appropriate terminology it's Native American it's Native Canadian or Indigenous, uh, indigenous person I, I believe the preferred term is First Nations actually if you're going specific if you know if you can identify like the specific First Nation then yeah you can say like First Nation or Métis or Inuit. And then indigenous is like the broader term that's more all-encompassing. But the point to be made here is that in the States, it is actually Indian is the preferred term. But that still doesn't make it okay. It would be like if the team was called the New York Jews. It's just as bad. You can't... A person is not a mascot. And I've... And then again, like, uh, like hat tip to Paul Lucas on, on this defense, where if people say, well, what about the Minnesota Vikings? No, that's completely different. That's not, you know, objectifying, not objectifying a people, you know, not just against their wishes, but without permission. Like the Minnesota Vikings, that was done by a local community celebrating its Scandinavian heritage, as opposed to there's no ties to Native Americans with the Cleveland Baseball Club. Like the Louis Sock Alexis story has been disproven because they weren't saying it endearingly when they were referring to them as as that name in the 1890s. Exactly. And also, to call a team the Vikings is equivalent to, I would say, calling a team the Warriors. It's it's not a tribe thing. It's that's it's, the thing though. The Philadelphia Warriors had like a, a had a Chief Wahoo esque mascot in like in the sixties. But they've dropped which they have since changed. Yeah. And yes. they use Warrior in the more generic sense now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They use Warrior in an extremely generic sense now as because their logo's a bridge. But that's another story. Uh, yeah, but bridges. Definitely go to war, yeah. Uh, but that actually gives us a really good chance now. We can play Let's Rename the Cleveland Baseball Team. Yes. And, again, this could have and should have happened a long time ago. It's one of the parts that, you know, every time you watch Major League, you're like, we could do without the scenes with the guys with the big drum. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, so, I have two really good ones that I am on board with, and I really hope they pick one of these. Either, All right, let's hear them. Either the Cleveland Spiders, 
Take It Back. That was their name way back when. You could do some real cool things with Spider as your mascot and your logo. Or the Cleveland Guardians. So this one harkens to the Guardians of Traffic statues that they have all around Cleveland. And again, you could get really cool with the logo, with the mascot, make it Thor-esque. It would, again, harken to the city's heritage. Uh, and it's, it's a cool-sounding name, the Cleveland Guardians. That's sick. That would be pretty awesome. Um, I'm, my two suggestions are either the Cleveland Buckeyes, a nod to the Negro Leagues team, and plus Ohio State Buckeyes. Like, it's already, like, it's like, oh, hey, we're in Ohio. Like, that's our thing. Or the Cleveland Pickles. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. When I was in Cleveland in 2016, the, the their big building is affectionately termed the Pickle. And there's a sandwich shop at the base of that building that made, no doubt, the best hoagie I've ever had in my life. And, there, and that place was called, you know, Cleveland Pickle Delicatessen. So I think you just get weird with it. You, like, you do a complete turnaround from something that's cringeworthy to something that's objectively hilarious. That would be objectively hilarious. Now, they could do something like the Warriors. Keep the, na keep the identity kind of adjacent. You don't have to do a full rebrand that way. Uh, like you would with some of these other names. That said, that A feels like a cop-out, and B feels like they would keep a lot of the cringeworthy stuff around. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's one we haven't discussed yet, and it seems more logical than anything else, the Cleveland Wild Things. Oh, yes, the Cleveland Wild Things. I love it. And you have the mascot. It's it's a baseball with a pair of glasses. Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. And would that be the second instance, I guess, of a team being named for a movie? The first being, of course, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> like, Life I'm imitates art. Yes. I guess, like, you could do, like, the Cleveland Superman for Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. The Cleveland Supers, the Cleveland Supermen. Although that has a vaguely German connotation and not in the way that Siegel and Schuster were envisioning. <laughs> yeah, the Cleveland Ubermensch. Yeah, let's... Yeah, guys, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to, you know, disrespect indigenous people. We're going to praise no... Nope. Oh. Call it. Just cancel it. Nope. Well, they could go, go to full, hell, Nietzsche. They could go full European and just be the Cleveland Baseball Club. Ooh. Hey, CBC. Not not bad. <laughs> there you go. Get a little endorsement in there. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they could go... Uh, they could just be really like they could hark back to the days where baseball and football teams had the same name and just go by the Cleveland Browns. Not bad. The Cleveland baseball Browns and the Cleveland football Browns. But again, like the Cleveland Browns, their mascot is an orange helmet, which I know they're named for Paul Brown, but 
why would you want to be associated with that football team? Yeah, that's for sure. Um, there's a lot of good places they could go with this, and hopefully it will undo some of the real bad, cringy stuff they have done. Other things I'd like to see, the Braves get rid of the, uh, the tomahawk chop. Yeah, how has that not been just done away with at, at this point? And the Kansas City Chiefs use it as well. Yeah, that's cringy. And even the names, the Braves of the Chiefs, they're less offensive, but they're still pretty bad. It's still appropriating someone else's culture. Now, none of them are as bad as the Washington NFL team, but they took a hit this week. We're not a football podcast, but I think it bears mentioning. Uh, where FedEx, uh, their stadium sponsor, and Nike both took a stand against them and said, it is time to change this name. And to their credit, they said, we're going to look into it. We're going to review this. Again, how far do we trust Dan Snyder is a different question. <laughs> I trust Dan Snyder about as far as I can punt him, so not that far. But we'd sure like to try, ladies and gentlemen. We'd sure like to try. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, again, this, like, it makes sense on so many just ethical levels. And for the team, oh, they get the added bonus of all your fans now need to buy new gear. Yeah, that's what's great about Which a rebrand. Like, yeah, and it's like a cynical, horrible way to look at it. And it's obviously the last thing we mentioned besides the serious ethical concerns and emotional impact. But yeah, the team, like, it's it, it benefits them in so many ways. Yeah. Think of all the money they make by selling new hats and new jerseys and new t-shirts to everybody in Cleveland. Absolutely. And, again, like my only hesitancy about the spiders is I just don't like bugs. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, they could be Cleveland, the Cleveland, not Detroit's. Cleveland, <laughs> at least we're not we're Detroit. Not. We're not we're Detroit. Not Detroit. Oh, man. <laughs> but again, even if they go with spiders, it instills fear in their enemies. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, spiders. Like me. Right? Yeah. This is scary. They are. You could have a Black Widow as the logo. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. So. Or even the Cleveland Spider Hams. <laughs> John Mulaney is the mascot. John Mulaney. Yes. I'm not a mascot. Man, I'm a the, man. Who's a pig? The origin story for Spider Ham, the canonical origin story for Spider Ham, is the most <laughs> ridiculous comic book origin story ever. Peter Porker was a pig in this universe of anthropomorphized animals. Oh, shoot, no, he was a spider in the universe of anthropomorphized animals who got bitten by a pig, and he became a spider yes. with the powers of a pig. It, <laughs> it started it's as a joke, and it became a full-blown comic book. Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure that's what they did with like a couple different superheroes in pop culture movies. Yeah, and now he's part of the of one of the best animated uh, movies of all time. Yeah. Absolutely, he is. Man, and they're making another one. I can't believe they're making another one. Oh man, that's gonna be real hard to top. It's gonna break animation. It's gonna just be. It's gonna be crazy. It is gonna be crazy. Oh, I, I'm hearing echo here. Check your speakers. I think my speaker's okay. Okay. Oh, well, we'll see in post. Oh. Sounds good. Pigs in space! Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, the Cleveland <laughs> pigs. Actually, the Cleveland hogs. Space. Oh, the hogs would be good. Yeah. I think, I think we're running out of... We're just running out of road here. <laughs> well, it's because we don't have a bracket as a crutch anymore. I know, and the bracket took up so much time. And we don't and have. It was great because it was great because it gave us content for so long until we don't have the content anymore. But now baseball's coming back, but we're still in that awkward. There isn't really baseball to talk about. There's no preseason because preseason would be hell. Uh, yes. Oh God. Oh God. Yes. Uh, but we're still a couple of weeks out from the real season, at least kind of trying to start itself in in earnest so until then that's true that said i do have a couple of extra bonus notes we could probably uh, sink our teeth into in a new segment we're calling stuff Ooh. we got it you want some stuff sure let's let's go with the bonus notes all right so you're seeing the major league ballparks being turned into spring training facilities. I'm going with what I know, and I'm going based off Fenway Park. They've turned the entire lower-level concourse into um, bullpens, into weight rooms. There's exercise bikes. Like, they've added, you know, like, AstroTurf all around, like, the lower concourse so guys can walk around in their cleats. It looks really cool. They've turned, like, the, the fancy boxes into locker rooms. So it's two players per suite, and it's a pretty nice setup. That and pretty cool setup there, yeah. And yeah, I mean, like it's something that we have to see at an arm's length, but it's crazy. Like they're turning like a hundred plus year old ballpark. They're trying to give it as much of a modern like training center feel as possible. Yeah. And yeah, and then another thing, you know, fortunately Masahiro Tanaka is okay. But that was a scary, scary scene. Oh my god, yeah. That was a real scary scene. I thought for sure we were talking about stitches and skull fractures there, but it looks like it turns out it was just a glancing blow and concussion protocol. But that looked bad. Uh, speaking of the ballparks being used as training facilities, what the Jays are doing at the Dome is cool. Because they have a labyrinth underneath there, uh, because it used to be able to turn into a football stadium, they have essentially taken over all of the underground space that you don't typically get to see. Uh, if you ever go to Jay's Fest in the winter, you get to see some of this space, and God, 
there is so much of the dome that you don't appreciate existing. Uh, so they've got five mounds set up. They're taking over all of the dressing rooms. So what's often forgotten about the dome is there are four dressing rooms there because there used to be football dressing rooms. Uh, so the guys football. are all, the guys are all spread out to the Canadian football dressing rooms, uh, which they have renovated and made into existing sp uh, new space. Uh, they've got both batting cages in use, which a lot of teams are doing. They're using both batting cages. They're using all five mounds. They're rotating through in waves, for lack of a better term. So it'll be 20 guys on, 20 guys off at a time. Um, it's very cool how these are becoming kind of spring facilities. Uh, out of, you know, necessity, because necessity is the mother of invention, right? Absolutely, and yeah, like even like seeing like 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 I think they got like like a bit of Nate Pearson's Instagram story. They're at least having the dome open for this training. Oh yeah, could you imagine how it would be if you're just locked entirely inside for two weeks on end, no sunlight? Oh god, Ugh. yeah. Nate Pearson's Instagram yeah. has been a cool look inside the dome training. And speaking of Nate Pearson, he's going to be a real interesting story at the beginning of the season. So with the 60 games over 68 days, there's obviously no question about ramping his arm up anymore, which is what the question was about starting him in the minors this year. And there's no minors to start him in this year either. But, and here's the real big but. Besides the pandemic. Yes, if the season goes a full season, a player on the roster for 64 days or more accumulates a full season's worth of service time. A player on the roster for 63 days or less accumulates a fractional season's worth of service time proportional to how long they spent on the roster that would have been a full season. So 63 days roughly translates to 126 days, something like that. So do the Jays keep Pearson off the roster for like five days to get an extra year of service time out of him? Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's an easy decision. It's, again, like... The Jays have done like like the Jays have done that with Vladdy Jr. The Cubs did that with Chris Bryant. Like teams do this. I don't see why even even if after five games the season is called off, I still see them doing it. Yeah, but this this time it seems like it's the most blatant time it's ever happened. You know, you could say, well, we wanted to leave him down and get a little more seasoning. But there is nowhere for a little more seasoning to happen. He's just being held down. It's very obvious that we are holding him for service time purposes. It's happening, guys. <laughs> well, just say, you know, um, he needs a little more time to test out all of the Marriott's amenities, which are closed, so we think. Uh, he just really wanted to see what Buffalo's like. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think he's allowed into Buffalo. <laughs> well, that's where their alternate site is. So that's where their guys—that's where their guys who are not on the active roster are going to remain and train. 
Right. So he just really wanted to check out Buffalo, see what a beef on rack is like. Ooh, I could go for one of those right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's their excuse. We didn't want to bring him back to Florida and risk him getting infected with the plague. Oh, of course. Yeah, like they're being altruistic about this. <laughs> yes, altruism. Definitely the one thing professional sports franchises are known for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just just overfloweth. <laughs> yes, their cup overfloweth with altruism. <laughs> Any other stuff for our stuff segment? We got it. We got it. You want some? <laughs> it's like celebrities. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> no more stuff. Oh, I got I got stuff. So should this season actually happen, Major League Baseball, to its credit, has marked a couple of key dates. For some celebrations, they they've rescheduled Jackie Robinson Day. They are having an hundredth and uh, like a centenary anniversary uh, commemoration of the Negro Leagues. They're having a Roberto Clemente Day. Like they they've tried to fit in like some of these like special dates. And again, like I can list them off right here. August sixteenth is the centenary of the Negro Leagues commemoration. August 28th is Jackie Robinson Day. Well, new Jackie Robinson Day. Any significance to the 28th being Jackie Robinson Day? I'd have to ask my brother. He's a Jackie Robinson scholar. There we go. Well, let's get him on the podcast next week. (laughs) I'll see what he has to say, yeah. Um, September 9th is Roberto Clemente Day, which, good, they should have one. And then August 13th, with new opponents... Field of Dreams Day, White Sox versus Cardinals in heaven. Well, Iowa, but you they're, get the gist. <laughs> they're actually doing it? They're actually doing it. Holy shit. Yep. That is I don't know. awesome. Yeah. That is right? That is a terrible idea, but that's awesome. <laughs> it's so bad, but it's so good. I need to watch this game. It will be the last thing we ever see. They will call the season on August 14th. We just need to get to August 13th. We spent so much money building this field. (laughs) Oh, man. And I really hope that even with the Cardinals being a late addition, they have tons of great throwback options that they pull something out for this. I certainly hope so. Oh, man. Actually, I think they're a better fit for this than the Yankees. I mean, considering mm. the geography of the area. Yeah, like you're probably in the, like it's a good Midwestern matchup. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, I <laughs> they're doing it. The sons <laughs> of bitches are doing it. <laughs> and the only people in the stand are going to be the ghosts. They're, it's just like <laughs> Field of Dreams. I know. Oh, man. Can we get Ray Liotta to throw out the first pitch, though? Kevin Costner to catch it. Yeah, I mean, there's we don't want much. Well, no, we ask for a lot on this podcast. Who the fuck are we kidding? Yeah, <laughs> we do. 
Hey, Ty Cobb wanted to play with us. We told him to stick it. Ah! Stupid Ray Liotta. Stupid Ray Liotta. Man, he had that really annoying laugh, and it made no sense for the character. No, because he was just doing Henry Hill. It's like, no, wrong movie. It, Ray Liotta just plays Ray Liotta in every movie he's in. Which is why it's funny when Joe Pesci beats him up. <laughs> yep. So, another issue of stuff, uh, and this is entirely unrelated to baseball. For those of you who follow Ben and I on Twitter, this weekend, we went back and forth badly describing movies. Uh, that was a <laughs> lot of fun. So That was a great way to kill a weekend. Let's pull up the... Uh... So, for those of you who aren't on Twitter, thank God, because it is a cesspool other than whatever Jacob and I do. Yeah. But, um, so Jacob first tweeted, sorry, I'm like, there's a lot to scroll through and a lot of gifts to load. So, I first tweeted in response to the beginning of it, it was, Columbo reads a kissing book to his sick grandson. Of course, poorly describing... Um, the Princess Bride. Yeah, so we won't need to make our favorite movies with the most boring descriptions. So, is it time for Twitter theater? Twitter theater. Alright, so, I respond. Tenured professor bails on office hours to spend time with ex-girlfriend and construction foreman in search of Judaica. That's boring as shit, right? No, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Teenager learns the dangers of speeding in his weirdly older friend's car. Man, that sounds like a traffic film. Nope, that's Back to the Future. Child discovers that factories aren't fun, and factory owners often act unscrupulously. That's like Angela's ashes, not Willy Wonka. Farm boy indoctrinated into terroristic cult. Again, sounds like an after-school special, but no. That's Star Wars. Herbivores move in herds to the delight of so-called experts. Again, that's like Nature Channel. Jurassic Park. Unstable psychopaths are a poor source for profiling other psychopaths. That could be a History Channel documentary, but no, we're talking Silence of the Lambs. Bird statue not made from dream stuff is just MacGuffin. Again, I feel like that's like a headline in, like, an ornithology textbook. Nope. Maltese Falcon. A fish eats several people. Da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Uh, that could describe a lot of things going on in the world right now, but it's actually describing Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Oh my god, Leonard's a zombie! <laughs> Radio host wishes country a good morning. That's not a movie, that's a sentence. Or it's... Good, good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> Software update goes badly. That's just me trying to update my phone. Or, I'm sorry, Dave. I can't let you do that. <laughs> and while we're on that subject, lack of communication has negative results. Woo! Men fail to find a cup. That's just my morning routine when I can't get coffee. But no, your mother was a hamster. And your father smelled of elderberries. <laughs> if you do not get that reference, stop watching, stop listening to this podcast and go watch Holy Grail right now. And stop watching this podcast. <laughs> if you're watching this podcast, what are you doing in my webcam? What are you doing in my webcam? <laughs> Faith in gourd not restored. I have a sentimental spot for the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, so... I figured that counted. <laughs> that does count. Something good finally happens to Cleveland. The TV show with Betty White? <laughs> Remember, we're talking movies. Uh, if right. you don't get that one and you listen to this podcast, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Figure it out. <laughs> My personal favorite... Scotsman Stuck in Tube, Saved by Analysts. That is one of my personal favorite movies, too. <laughs> the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> what is that, Billy and the Clonosaurus? <laughs> yes, Billy and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> Friends preach excellence, encourage festivities. Right, because podcasting is a visual <laughs> medium. Party on, dudes. <laughs> Party on, dudes. Rodent traps man in time loop. Rodent traps man in time loop. Rodent traps man in time loop. Damn it, Phil! <laughs> Rodent infuriates same man at workplace. Scientists yes, Bill and Murray had a thing. They had a thing with rodents. Scientists so. prove afterlife exists, torment residents. And then at that point, I'm just like, merchandising is the one true force. Merchandising. God intervenes in major pro sports. Again, if you don't get that one, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> this one I went vague, but I'm going more fan theory with. Oh. On the seventh day, God rested. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I totally because, again, agree with that fan theory. It's he's because Ferris is dead. <laughs> it my my take on that one is that Ferris is entirely in Cameron's head. Oh yeah, and he's like, and yeah, Cameron is the real like, and Cameron was also in the bus that couldn't slow down. Yep, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> oh man, one of the great. <laughs> Great, just with one-off lines. Yeah. You are all Speaking unique. Of... I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And speaking of imaginary friends, traditionalists serenaded by imaginary friend. Another one of my sentimental favorites. Tradition! Tradition! Man who insists he won't throw away his shot indeed throws it away. Uh, I, I finally saw it. It's so good. It is so good. I was just like, oh my god, I know, I know that. That's DMX. And then my brother's like, shut up. I'm trying to watch this thing. Oh, man. Here's another great. Best friends take express lane into perilous area. Danger zone! <laughs> oh, man. Illegal. This was a lot of fun. This was. We, we also have read like 40 tweets now. All right. So if you are interested in the rest of this, we should probably wrap up you know, like the actual points of this podcast, just follow either JMS Morris or at Benjamin K. Bloom. See our back and forth. It gets ridiculous. We do deep cuts on deep cuts on deep cuts. Yeah. And there's a lot of Futurama on our normal Twitter, too. That is true. Most It's most of what we do. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Futurama, let's go to our Futurama episodes of the week first this time. Ooh, change up. I like it. Yes. You want to go first? All right, so I'm going with Bendin' in the Wind. Very good. It's, you know, Benders once again uh, crosses paths with the evil can opener, and he's unable to move. But fortunately, the floating head of Beck recognizes his potential as a folk singer and a washboard player. And then they start touring America. Fry somehow ends up with a VW bus. And, you know, like, Zoyberg puts a shell in the wash so they're all tie-dye. And eventually, you know, Bender wants to fix other broken robots. Until his performance with Cylon and Garfunkel. When he starts moving again. Parsley, uh, Saint, Rosemary, and, and Tide. <laughs> And, of course, it ends with a great car chase. <laughs> Remember, no, hand me the rhyming Beck-tionary. Okay, that was a very good one. Uh, I have chosen, in honor of our neighbors to the south having their birthday this past week, A Taste of Freedom, a Zoidberg-centric episode. Freedom, 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 oi! Freedom, 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 oi! Oi! <laughs> oh, that's a great one. So, for those of you who don't know this episode, Zoidberg decides to express his freedom on Freedom Day by eating the flag, and then gets put on trial for desecrating the flag. Where's the head of the ACLU? He's singing on stage. Don't mess with Earth. Kill Zoidberg! <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Then you see the Decapodian Embassy. Oh, sorry, but would you like nice cup cocoa, maybe? What, no marshmallows? <laughs> sure, you could vote for Sweden. If you want, there should be a recession. <laughs> sure, you can become a doctor if you've given up on your dreams of being a performer. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. It, and I just love that. Again, the lobster people are Jewish. <laughs> because they're not kosher. <laughs> uh, uh, it works on so many levels. 
And our classic games of the week for this week, coming in second this time. I know, changing things up a bit. It's weird, man. Everything's weird this podcast. So I have chosen one from June of 1989, and it's both a Blue Jays game and a Red Sox game. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, So this was June 4th of 89. It was on the Jays' road trip between the closing of Exhibition Stadium and the opening of Skydome. The Jays were down 10 to nothing at Fenway Park entering the 7th inning and came back to win 13 to 11 in 12 innings. I think my parents have told me about this game. <laughs> this game changed the scale for WPA. For those of you who don't know, WPA is a stat that measures how likely you are at any given point to win the game. Entering the seventh inning, the Red Sox were 100% likely to win the game and lost the game. Yeah. (laughs) No, that is an incredible comeback. And yeah, that would have been fun to watch from a certain perspective. Yes. And you? I'm going with a game that features the Red Sox and the Yankees. I'm going game five of the 2004 ALCS the night before. Okay, we're not eliminated yet. We'll get eliminated today. Wrong. Once again, David Ortiz comes up in the clutch, this time in the 14th inning. It was at the time the longest playoff game, which I know at this point it's like a running joke. All Yankees-Red Sox games last five hours, even if they're in August. But this one had that intensity, had that do-or-die. It had Pedro all but redeeming himself. It had Tim Wakefield in relief, which is always a scary thought because I love Tim Wakefield. But, I mean, Mirabelli wasn't behind the plate. It was Veritek. There were, like, pass balls all over the place. Somehow they hold on. Red Sox, we'll see you in New York. And then it's like, okay, maybe we can win this thing (laughs) yeah maybe you could maybe you could ortiz had a real great series that series he was the alcs mvp and not just because so he was david ortiz like he won because he won it (laughs) yeah he took that trophy and made it his uh so I think that just about wraps us up. We've already plugged our respective Twitters by reading a whole bunch of them. Uh, but just a <laughs> reminder, there's also the TWI Blurnsball Twitter, which is at TWI Blurnsball. And you can give us five stars on your podcast platform of choice. We're literally on all of them. And that helps other people find the podcast and learn to laugh about baseball a little bit. And if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, why are you coming to us? Yes, this this podcast brought to you by Mutual of Omicron. Join or die! <laughs> All right. I think that just about does it for us today. <laughs> for this week in Berlin's Ball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Benjamin Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us. Farewell from the world of tomorrow.